Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real-life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie-cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and, most importantly, enjoy the process. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. Today, it's me, Kate, and Allie. Hi, guys. Hi. Okay, so this is going to be a kind of a fun, random episode. A little backstory. We had been planning on talking about, what was it, healthy snacking for teens or... And nutrition and, like, adolescents and their body image. Totally. Okay, yeah, that's right. Body image for teens. And then we wanted to bring on our other dietitian at Nutrition Awareness who sees pediatric patients and that's Janalis, but she couldn't make it today. So since I don't see pediatric patients, I wanted to save that topic for later. So if that's something that's interesting for you, make sure you subscribe and tune in in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about this because Allie and I, we went to a, a yoga class, grabbed breakfast, coffee, whatever it was afterwards. And we started talking about something we've noticed in clients and people in our personal lives. And that's when they go through, I think we started talking about breakups. Yep. We started talking about breakups and they go through a breakup or maybe they're in a really unhealthy relationship and they stop eating and they lose a bunch of weight. And we were just having conversations about this. We're like, this comes up for a lot of people and it's not always after heartbreak or in bad relationships. It could be any kind of traumatizing event. Right. Like any stressful experience or traumatic event. You know, anything in families or with friends, school jobs, I mean, anything that is stressful or causes trauma to your life, um, you know, we see that people could lose their appetite from this, lose weight, um, and really suffer from this. And why this is a problem is not just because of the obvious thing, right? I mean, somebody feels terrible, they feel so terrible that they don't want to eat, but it becomes an issue when they lose weight unintentionally, and then people start to compliment them. And they're like, oh, you've lost so much weight, you look great, what's your secret? And then there might be a person who's really honest and self-aware and says, it's not that great, you know, depending on their circumstance. And they're like, I feel awful and I'm sad. But they start to get all these compliments, this becomes their new standard, and as soon as they feel better and start to eat again and regain healthy weight, then they feel bad about themselves because they're like, oh, I was thin, now I'm not getting the compliments. People must think there's something wrong. And even I feel like, especially with our generation and social media, people that don't even know the person are Mm -hmm. now commenting on their weight loss saying, you look great, oh my God, you know, what's your secret? What do you do? And if you do know, yeah, and if you do know the person and know what they're going through and that the weight loss isn't coming from a good place, Mm -hmm. you know, I as a friend or a family member or a dietitian to people that I work with, I get a pit in my stomach. I'm like, people are reinforcing Mm. unhealthy habits Mm -hmm. based on the way someone looks now without knowing the story. 
This reminds me of, I guess it was maybe a TikTok that I watched. Which, by the way, I'm off TikTok. That thing rots your brain. I've lost oh my, my ability to focus. <laughs> yeah. Case in point here. But TikTok, there was a TikTok where they were, a bunch of girls were laughing about like the fastest way to lose five pounds is to talk to a, a guy that plays with your heart. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is getting glamorized, you know, like losing weight and laughing about it because they're not eating because they're so anxious or depressed or in a bad situation. And I don't know if this is true. I, I, can't speak a hundred percent from experience, but I'm worried if what if a person is anxious or depressed or in an unhealthy dynamic or unhealthy situation, and because they're getting so much attention about their weight loss, maybe it's from people on social media or people in their social life. I wonder if they like let themselves stay in an unhealthy situation because they're motivated by their lack of appetite. I don't know. Is that right. a stretch? No, no. I heard and that. I, yeah, and I feel like. That does happen yeah. because people are getting that outside reinforcement that this is okay, mm-hmm. you look good, you're not doing anything wrong. These mm-hmm. unhealthy habits are glamorized now. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more common, I think, now with social media too yeah. because you get that outside reinforcement mm-hmm. on so many different platforms. Oh, man. And it's only getting bigger and bigger, you know? It doesn't matter what generation you belong to. I mean, the millennials are on Instagram, the boomers are on Facebook, <laughs> the Gen Zs are on TikTok, and everything's mixed together. And I'm sure a lot of it is like taking a, uh, you know, a bummer situation and finding a, you know, a sliver of humor in it. Like, oh, you know, like this toxic man hurt my feelings and at least I lost five pounds, you know, ha ha ha. But what about like a 13 year old girl who's watching that, who's really impressionable? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm worried. And then, you know, know. or like the revenge body. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Okay, tell us what the revenge body is. So revenge body is basically like you, you get dumped or you break up with someone and then all of a sudden your body changes and you're really skinny or you're very thin or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's this revenge body like hey look at me and look at how good I look and look at what you're missing out on. Mm. So that I think even just like with the Kardashians and people like you know celebrities are all about that too like hey look at me look at what I did Um, look at what you're missing out on. I hear, I mean, when people talk about breaking up, we keep going back to breaking up, but just know that when we're talking about breakups in this situation, we're talking about like all traumatic events. We're talking about, you know, anything that makes you feel anxious and makes you not want to eat, whether it's in your control or not. They talk about like, there's no glow up like the glow up you get after you get dumped or after you get out of a relationship. And I'm sure that's the case a lot of the times, right? Someone is like, you know what? I finally have my freedom back. I really want to focus on myself. I want to get healthy. I want to get fit. That's a totally different situation versus somebody who is not eating and not doing the things that to take care of themselves because they're slipping into an anxious or depressive state. Right, right. Totally different. Um, and, you know, there's signs that you can notice in mm. your friends mm-hmm. if, you know, they all of a sudden don't want to go out to dinner mm-hmm. or they say they already ate or mm-hmm. you catch them, you know, just maybe ordering something very small yeah. when you're out with them, um, saying that they're not very hungry. Um, Sleeping a lot, low energy because they're not eating. Yes. 
Yep, sleeping a lot. Maybe they've fallen out of patterns that used to make them happy, like Mm -hmm. going to yoga or exercising, and all of a sudden they are very to themselves Mm -hmm. and secluding themselves because it is very isolating Mm -hmm. when you're going through that process. I remember when I was in college, I was in a relationship with somebody, and we were both immature, didn't have good communication skills, so it was not a healthy relationship. And I remember I would go days with just having this like pit in my stomach and it would be so hard to eat. And I would, you know, come home from class instead of having a snack or having a meal, I'd go like sit in the shower and cry or whatever it was and just like be in my head or be obsessed over my phone. And I was probably the lowest weight I've ever been at that time. And I thought I looked great. And I don't think I put two and two together, but now, you know, seven years later, I can look back and be like, oh, Kate, you were sleeping for like 10 hours a day. You didn't have an appetite when you woke up. You were preoccupied with your relationship. You weren't even thinking about how to take care of yourself. And if I could go back in time and tell myself to do something different, I would remind her that, hey, if a relationship or a situation is robbing you from your ability to regulate your nervous system and give your body fuel you need to get into a different relationship or situation if possible. Right. You got to take care of yourself. Um, Outside of, you know, breakups, when I, I remember when I was going through a very stressful time Mm -hmm. with my family and I was losing a lot of weight and I was getting glamorized Mm -hmm. for for it on social media and people that didn't know me. Um, Even even some of my friends didn't know some of the stuff that I was Mm -hmm. going through, which is to my own fault. And I've learned from that. But um, I had gotten to the point where I was seeing, like, gastroenterologists. I thought I had IBS issues. I was getting endoscopies. I mean, I was going through the works. Little did I know it was all from trauma and stress. Um, But, I mean, luckily I, you know, knew that this wasn't healthy and I didn't want it. And I wanted Mm. to come out of this. But I was blinded by the cause. I thought it was food intolerances or you know something was upsetting me Mm. instead of you know that mind and gut connection it was that anxiety that stress that depression that was causing me all these yeah (laughs) all these issues that I, i remember we were talking about this at yoga and this comes up in conversations that we have with clients a lot it reminds me of another stupid thing i saw on tiktok it was a little trend i guess where people kept saying hot girls have stomach issues, hot girls have IBS. And when you said that, it reminded me of that, where it was like, oh, we're glamorizing a condition that manifests from stress. We're making it cool to be stressed and anxious, which it's no secret a lot of younger kids are really experiencing that at extreme dangerously high levels, right? So if we think about IBS, We've actually seen in the, I think the DSM, I know for a fact the DSM, the latest um, diagnostic manual for mental health conditions, has put IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, in its list of mental health issues, meaning it's Mm -hmm. not caused in most cases by a certain food. You don't all of a sudden just get a gluten intolerance unless it's diagnosed celiac. If you're eating things and experiencing symptoms of IBS, like bloat, poor appetite, maybe your bowel movements are irregular, 
it could be a manifestation of stress. And we don't want to glamorize that. We want to ask our friends, hey, you know, I noticed that you're having a lot of tummy issues. You talk about IBS a lot. I heard that's related to stress. Is there anything you need to talk about? Right. No, definitely. And I I had a client come in here the other day who was having IBS issues. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of her because she said, I'm really stressed yeah. and I'm seeking support for my stress, hoping, yeah. you know, that this will help me. And I talked to her about my own experience. And mm-hmm. once I was able to control like stress and anxiety, it worked wonders for my stomach. I mean, yeah. it was, it was just so crazy, the relationship there. Yeah. And it just gets so, you know, brushed under the rug mm-hmm. half the time. It's like people want an easy fix. They mm-hmm. want to remove something mm-hmm. from their diet mm-hmm. and make it, you know, this this miracle worker as opposed to yeah. dealing with the stress and trauma and working through that, which takes a lot of hard work. And more stress, which is like adding fuel to the fire, right? You're stressed about what you can and can't eat. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why your IBS symptoms linger. Yeah, I like that your client came in really self-aware. Whenever somebody comes in and tells me they have some kind of gut issue, I ask them, okay, a scale of 1 to 10, where do you plot your stress? 10 is pulling your hair out, can hardly take a minute to breathe. And, you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, I'm a 20, ha, ha, ha. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we look at their diet, and sometimes they have the most perfect diet of all time. I'm like, it's not the food, girlfriend. Right. It's it's the stress. So we have to look at that. You know, we want to talk a little bit about what if you, how to talk about weight loss with someone. Because if you have somebody in your life that you're really close with and they communicate to you how they're trying to get healthier, you see them making purposeful, intentional diet and exercise changes. In my opinion, I think it's okay to compliment them and make them feel good about that and acknowledged. Yeah, I think where we draw the silver lining is if you know the person and you know that they're working on, you know, healthy habits and you know their story with the weight loss. That's the key there. If you know their story and you know that they're trying to exercise regularly, they're trying to eat healthy, then I think it's okay to compliment them Mm -hmm. or say, hey, you look really great in that shirt. Or, hey, I've seen you've been working out a lot. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, are you enjoying it? Looking yoked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And complimenting them in that way um, I think is good. But I I also always encourage people that are the actual person losing the weight to get your reinforcement from yourself Mm -hmm. first besides outside validation from others because you're always going to like gravitate towards that and want more of that. You need to find it in yourself too. You made two really great points that I want to go back to. One, I like your compliment of you're looking great in that shirt, or like you're rocking that dress, or man, that, you know, those pants were made for you. There's something about that that almost feels better. I don't know, not better. I guess it depends who you're saying it to, but it just feels safer. I feel like in today's Mm -hmm. climate, there are some people who don't want to bring up body shape and body size or weight, and that's fine. I mean, if you know the person and you know your boundaries, okay. But if you're not sure, that's a it's a great thing to say. It's like, hey, you're looking really great in that outfit or you're glowing. You look so healthy. There are other ways to acknowledge a change in in body shape. The other thing that you said that I really liked was, shoot, it just escaped me, but it was the last thing you said. Dang, that's okay. Maybe it will come back to me. Um, We were talking, oh, you said validation from yourself. Oh my gosh, how many times? Okay, 
I have had some clients who come in and I get, I start to get self-conscious because they are so fit and their diets are perfect and they just don't see it. They have body dysmorphia. Mm. And a lot of what we talk about isn't losing that extra five pounds that they came in here for because there's really not a lot of room for changes It's, well, why do you feel like you need to lose five pounds? Where is this coming from? Sometimes they have to be referred to a therapist in those situations. Yeah, definitely. And that makes me think of some people that I'm working with that, I mean, they're running marathons. They have a perfect diet. They, they, to my eyes, look great. And they still just want more. Someone told me once, if you could look at yourself the way that you look at your best friend, you know, life would be so much better. Life would be so much better. There's a lot of talk in the, I guess, personal development world about inner child. Have you, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that concept. I think some people get a little uncomfortable with it. But if you haven't heard, it is thinking back to any time when you were younger. It could have been when you were an infant, 10 years old, 13 years old or last month, and talking to yourself. And when you visualize yourself as a younger version of you, it's very hard to be mean. It's very hard to look at you as a 13-year-old and be like, you're fat, you're not good enough, you need to try harder, when maybe that's how you're feeling and that's how you felt back then. I feel like this is a really great mind a strategy for people who have some body dysmorphia or don't like their body and they can't accept where they are, regardless of their weight and health status. I think talking to your your younger self is oddly therapeutic. Yeah, I love that. And I also love like thinking back to then and mm-hmm. where you are now. Like maybe yeah. you will start to see like how far you've come, mm-hmm. you know, from whether it's a health standpoint or a professional standpoint yeah. or just like as a person, you know, back when you were 13, you probably you know, wanted some of the things mm. that you have now or envisioned that or mm. dreamt of it. And, yeah. you know, that might reinforce some positivity too. When you were going through a really stressful time with your family, like you had mentioned earlier, and you were experiencing IBS, what would you say to your younger self? How would you talk to her? Oh, yeah. No, I I definitely, I think I would be sympathetic to what I yeah. was going through. And I think I would focus more on healing from that mm-hmm. And healing my emotions and mm-hmm. stress um, and tell her that, you know, therapy is important. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you talk to someone. Yeah, like, and, and back then, and I I mean, my family just didn't, no one went to therapy. No, or, that's I like mean, a new thing. It was thing. like unheard of. Oh my God, um, I know what I'm saying. And so I think just what I know now and like the benefits of it and how much it has helped me mm-hmm. heal, like, my gut literally um i would have done it back then and solved those issues without going through so many tests Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many like doctor's appointments and they said that you had nothing every time you went they nothing nothing was wrong yeah nothing was wrong i mean it was it was crazy because the symptoms were physically there Mm -hmm. so you would think something was physically wrong Mm -hmm. but just that mind gut connection it's it's crazy i'm so excited to see where the science goes with that and for physicians especially older or old school physicians to get that evidence in their hands that there is so much to do so much connection between your 
your stress levels and your digestion. This is an example that comes a lot up a lot for clients, which is actually I talked about this yesterday. I have a client, and if you talk to her, she doesn't have a stressed out aura to her, mm-hmm. but her job is at a high school, and she's somewhere up on the the administration. And she described to me her day as just being pulled in one direction. You know, a lot of her eating strategies are just little snacks throughout the day because she barely has time to have a meal. And that's just the nature of her job right now. And she's in this stressful situation. And we talk about her digestion and some of the issues. And I tell her, you know, imagine this. If you were in a car accident, if you were being chased by, you know, a predator, if you're being stalked in the middle of the night, you wouldn't be thinking about food. You wouldn't be having hunger cues because your blood's not rushing to your gut, it's running to your peripherals. So you're not gonna think about food, you're not gonna eat, you're not gonna digest the food you do eat as well because that's what your body is registering. So a lot of it comes down to, well, how do we help you relieve stress throughout the day in work and at home so that your body's in a better place to digest food and maybe that is going to help with some of the digestion and the bloat and the uh, uh, the symptoms that she's experiencing. And for a lot of people, that's way harder than just not eating gluten or dairy or whatever it is they figure out. Right, definitely. Because we've, in our culture, we've come so accustomed to just being on the go, yeah. being so busy. Like that's like, cool. often like glamorized to be so busy you don't have time for anything. Yeah, hustle. Um, so to sit down even and just actually chew your food yeah and what eat a concept. slowly <laughs> is crazy for some people they're like they can't wrap their mind around it or they can't wrap their mind around not typing on their computer at the same time or calling a client or whatever yeah. it is and actually sit there and focus on their food yeah it's like a foreign concept the easiest thing to do in those situations, if you feel like this is you, is to prioritize just taking five deep breaths before you sit down and eat. And this is for people that eat in fast-paced environments. Don't tell me you don't have time for five breaths. That switches your nervous system into a state of rest and digest. Notice if you have a difference in how you feel while you're eating and if you have any digestive issues. You know we went a little bit off track here, but I still feel like that's good, relevant information. You know, before we started this podcast, we were talking about what if you don't know someone and you can tell, maybe you know them from your circle or you've seen them on social media and you notice they suddenly have dropped a lot of weight and it doesn't look so healthy. Something intuitively in you is like, oh, I mean, she looks, she she doesn't look as glowing as she was. She's not looking the same. Or maybe you see it as a positive thing and you're like, wow, she's lost a lot of weight and you internalize that as a great thing. How do we want to approach that? How do we want to talk to people or do we even say anything at all? Yeah, I think asking them, you know, how they're doing, Mm -hmm. how they're feeling. Yeah, that's your biggest clue. And someone someone I, I used to work with used to say to me, when I ask you how you're doing, don't just say good. Tell me actually how you're doing. Mm-hmm. What's going on in your life? Um, what did you do over the weekend? Are you stressed? Like, tell me actually how you're doing, not mm-hmm. the, I'm good, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that's will be your key to figuring out, like, hey, what's actually going on in someone's life? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I love that advice. I know there are some people who don't always feel comfortable or they might fear if they say anything, they overshare 
But I, you know, I think it's fair to, you know, if you, to have some people in your life that you want to talk to or that you can ask to talk to. And if you're, you're, you know, you're a coworker and you go up to someone and you ask how you're doing and they say, I'm good. You might be able to tell in their tone that something's off and you can offer to dig a little bit more or say like, Hey, well, okay. If you need to talk about something, I'm here, whatever your relationship is, balls in their court, but you won't want to go up to that person and be like, Hey, you've lost a lot of weight. What's going on? Or, Oh, you've lost so much weight. What's going on? Because it could be negative and it could be something that's actually eating them up inside. Right. So even just listening, like Mm -hmm. how you said, listening for those cues, just in their tone of voice, their body language, their eye contact, Mm -hmm. we can tell so much about someone Mm -hmm. just from, from those things, a little bit harder to do over the phone, but if someone trusts you, then they might open up. That works so well in person and then we have this whole other world of social media potentially a metaverse who knows what that's going to be like but we'll cross that bridge when we get there if somebody's posting a bunch of pictures on social media let's say they're an influencer i think of like teenage girls that's where i get nervous it's like oh my gosh what are teenage girls or really anybody is posting things on social media and getting tons of comments about their body image whether they're positive negative or neutral i just worry about how is that internalized in the person I think that goes back to your point of well, making sure that they don't feel like they need to get all of their validation about their body from other people. Do you have any tips for somebody who's on social media, either who's looking and, and feels like they want to comment on a body image or, or wants to, you know, highlight somebody's physique that you are not sure of if they're, if they're trying to change or not? I think kind of back to what you said, Kate, like talking about like, hey, that outfit looks great on you, mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah. not, not exactly their body. If you are the person on social media that is seeking outside validation mm-hmm. about your body, I'm encouraging you to do a social media cleanse. Totally. For sure. Yeah. Um, you need to, you need to take, yeah. take a deeper look at your life and, yeah. um, you know, take a little cleanse from that. 100%. I've done some cleanses before, and it works wonders. I mean, there's there's so many pressures out there of buying certain clothes and certain makeup and looking a certain way that you could, I, even as a dietitian, I get in my own head sometimes. Yeah, totally. So getting off of social media or muting things, unfollowing things that you see it and it just doesn't sit well with mm-hmm. you, unfollow. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> um, you know, I think taking a, a cleanse and a step back at, like, what really matters mm-hmm. and and trying to build up some self-esteem without outside validation within yourself. I couldn't agree more. I got off my personal Instagram a few months ago. Life's so good because I just use the nutrition awareness one to post and chat. Got off TikTok because like I said, that rots your brain. Facebook was never interesting anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's really important for that, you know, coming back to one of our original points is If you're going through something depressing, a heartbreak, traumatic, and you're experiencing low appetite or low self-worth, poor self-esteem, struggling with your body image, get off social media. I promise you're not going to miss anything if you get off for a month. Literally, anybody who cares. I have not missed talking to anybody because everybody in my life is still there who matters. Take a break. It is so good for you. You'll feel so much lighter. You'll have more energy. And you can experiment with that and see, well, does that help you not feel so down in the dumps? 
I mean, if you're going through a heartbreak, you might see people who are happy with their significant others and that might make you feel awful. Or if you're going through, you know, a, a stressful job situation and you see someone get a promotion. Or if you're trying to buy a house and somebody else does before you. Yeah. If that stuff is taking you down, just, just stop looking at other people's lives. Our human brains are not meant to know these many things about other people. Right, exactly. And the comparison. Yeah. I mean, get stop comparing yourself and your life to other people's, which is so hard. But yeah. if you can... <laughs> physically remove that through social media cleanses and getting off of it then that's a huge thing huge i was thinking about that the other day i was in some kind of workout class and i caught myself talking negatively about my body because there were some people who were ripped and i was like dang like she looks so good like i wish i looked like that and then the thought just poof disappeared never came back and i thought about it again later and i was like hmm Thankfully, I'm not on social media because, like, just being in the real world is hard enough with those thoughts. But at least they just kind of go away. Right. Like, you physically remove yourself from <laughs> yeah. the environment and it's gone and, and you forget about it. Yeah. yeah. You can't, like, go back and look at it again. <laughs> I know. And, like, just see one after the next. I was like, oh, like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But, okay, we, we have one other thing that we want to talk about on this episode, which is if you're the person who's having trouble with your appetite right now because you're stressed, you're having IBS, poor appetite, and it's affecting your energy, it's affecting your ability to think, you're having some brain fog, you are having trouble coming up with words because you're just dragging. That's a sign that you're under eating and that you're under fueling, but we understand when you have that pit in your stomach, it is really hard to force food down. So we have a few tips to help you at least get some energy into your body and put some more pep in your step. Yeah, I think smoothies are a great way mm-hmm. to do that. You can sip on it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to force feed yourself. Bulk it up with some healthy fats like peanut butter, almond butter. Throw some Greek yogurt in there for some protein, your berries, whatever mm-hmm. you want. Um, it's something that you can sip on and still get a lot of nutrients, yeah. but you don't feel like you have to eat this huge, large meal when yeah. that could be overwhelming. Yeah, smoothies are such a good go-to. Adding in things that do something for you, like that protein, that fiber, those healthy fats, phytonutrients, and not just drinking something sugary, right? You can really get a lot of nutrition, and it's not so tough on your gut. Another example would be eating smaller, more frequent meals, right? If it's hard to eat your traditional two or three meals a day, try four to six small snacks and still using that little uh, protocol in your mind where you've got that protein, fat, and some fiber. So it could be something like a Greek yogurt with fruit. Uh, it could be some... Like a banana, peanut butter, yeah. um, trail mix, oh, yeah. hummus, and crackers, and carrots, or yeah. something like that. Or if you make a dinner, you could split it up into two or three meals. It's okay. If you eat a little bit of your dinner and then some of it for lunch and some of it for a snack, that's fine. You can still break apart your traditional meals. Just eat less of them at one time. If this is hard for you, don't be afraid to set reminders to eat and check in Mm -hmm. with yourself. I've had people that I work with that I have them set reminders on their work calendar Mm -hmm. or on their cell phone to remind them to eat because, like your point before, they're so busy throughout the day that they can't even remember to do that. 
Um, that way it stabilizes their blood sugar, gives them some energy throughout the day. Something too, if you don't have a large appetite, uh, try not to drink while you're eating too mm. because you're going to fill up on the liquids. Yeah. So drink between your meals so that you can really focus on like getting your nutrients mm. in and not filling up your stomach on water or club soda or whatever it is. That's a great point. That reminds me of people who drink a lot of coffee. If you're already feeling anxious and stressed... Maybe limit caffeine, but also remember that caffeine's an appetite suppressant. All these people are drinking iced coffee all morning long. So if you don't have an appetite in the morning, eat a little something before you drink coffee and see if that makes a difference. I know for me, coffee suppresses my appetite, especially when it's warm. Me too. So you have a lot of people who um, take medicine for ADHD. They lose their appetite and... They'll drink a lot of coffee on top of that and wonder why they're not hungry all day long. And I'm like, that's a double whammy right there. You're taking a medication that already suppresses your appetite, and then you're consuming things with no real fuel. That that actually reminds me of college. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. people <laughs> taking ADHD <sighs> medication and drinking coffee all day. Dude. And I was never one of those. And I used to get so mad because none of my friends wanted to go eat with me. <laughs> no, it's and so I was sad. Like, They're all geeked up yeah, on that. They're like, all their oh hearts. Oh my god, no one's hungry. Like, hello. Uh, I guess I'll go to the dining hall by myself then. <laughs> Wait, but that is such a good point because that reminds me of my best friend. If she's listening to this, she'll know. She used to be prescribed Adderall, like, you know, from a little kid. And so she would take it and then she would go like rip 60 minutes on the Stairmaster and it would make me feel bad. I was like, why is she able to do that and I can't do that? <laughs> or like, why is nobody hungry but I'm hungry? It, you know, if you're one of those people and you've experienced that, people might be on medication or going through something that made them lose their appetite. So don't take other people's eating behaviors um, at face value. They could be on medication or going through something that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat. Right. And I think that just goes back to what we said at the beginning. If you don't know their story, then don't comment on anyone's weight. Yep. Well, good. Well, this was a great episode. I thought this was fun. Um, So if you guys like this episode, be sure to to share it on your Instagram and tag us. We like to see who's listening. If you know somebody who might be going through this, subtly send it to them if you guys have that relationship. But tagging it on your Instagram feed increases the likelihood that they'll listen to it and maybe it opens the door for you to have a conversation. Yeah, definitely. So feel free to share it. And if you guys have any questions, DM us or send us an email, whatever works. Cool. Yeah. Our Instagram handle is nutrition.awareness and you can go to nutritionawareness.com and book a session with Allie, book a session with any of our dietitians. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, feel love, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.